0: Welcome back to the Talk Sex podcast. I'm your host El Stanger. I am losing my voice, and I don't know if it's because I smoked too much weed or if I deep throated too much dick. So nice. To- <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not the Rona. I am vaccinated, but you know those dang variants can be so pesky oh. and foreboding. Yeah. So hi, Domina. Hello. Hi.
1: I am also scratchy voiced, but I'm gonna like take it that I like sound a little like Catherine Hepburn, you know,
0: so. Mm, delightful. Um, folks can find you dominafranco.com. But
1: mostly I'm on IG, but that's my website. People can check me out there.
0: Awesome. And Instagram yeah. is domina underscore Franco. Email is info at dominafranco.com. Yeah. So did your Instagram get deactivated or something? Uh, like it a hasn't while ago? passed,
1: um, and I know that I've been shadow banned for, like, the last, like, number of months because my growth rate has, like, right. just absolutely ground to a halt, where I used to get, like, 20 to 40 new people a day.
0: What was then the largest it, your account was? Because I thought it was pretty immense.
1: Uh, it's just under 10,000. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I – I have a niche. I have a very dedicated but niche following.
0: <laughs> you know what, quality over quantity, right?
1: Hey, they they interact apparently from what some companies they reach out to me for like doing social media stuff and I'm like I have like 10,000 followers. Like surprised they don't want people with more followers and they're like yeah, but your what's it? Your activation rate or something Engagement? is really high engagement there you go that's awesome nana nana doesn't know all the terms (laughs) she just talks the sex
0: you know you know yeah well we need everybody in all of the ages to talk about the sex as you know as you know better than i uh so we're here today to talk about kink and trauma everyone Mm. welcome to the kink and trauma episode with domina it's gonna be real
1: light and breezy
0: yes as so many of my episodes are i don't know about you Mm. Um so yeah multiple trigger warnings um i I'll, any episode you know there could be things that come up for people i actually i i posted a, a photo on instagram yesterday uh and it was a joke about call your mother and if your mother sucks call me cuz i'm mommy so and uh somebody commented as i kind of anticipated which is fair um they said i don't have a mom and i i, di- I didn't need to see this today and I said, mm. I, I said, oh no, that I'm sorry. They said my mom is dead, and I didn't, I didn't need to see this today. And I said my boyfriend is dead, and I wish I could protect you from all of the triggers and everyone in the world from right. all the triggers, but I can't. No. So, with that in mind, um, everybody take a break or turn this off if you need to. But a lot of people have yeah. questions about this stuff, so here we are
1: yeah for sure it's definitely it can be incredibly triggering information and people need to just try to take care of themselves the best they know how
0: Mm -hmm. someone told me they like listening to my show when they're falling asleep and I was like how
1: what okay
0: yeah let's let mommy and nana tuck you in so (laughs) what um, what would be some of your definitions or the ways you would explain what kink is or what it can Mm. be
1: Well, I love, I love that that starts with kink instead of BDSM, right? Because like kink is the much larger overarching term for a huge, huge multitude spectrum of different sexual behaviors and proclivities and activities. Um, I think it's, you know, so, To me, it's such a philosophical question. I know that sounds like real wanky, but like, (laughs) um, but it really is because um, the thing is, you know, to me, uh, having my wrists tied with silk scarves is not really kinky, but to somebody else who hasn't experienced it that much. Um, hasn't experienced kink that much, that might just be blowing their mind at that moment. And you know what? I'm so excited for them if that's blowing their mind, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But, you know, kink obviously, you know, is within the, you know, is the overarching term for things that are included in BDSM. But there's so many other things to kink. There's different fetishes that can be, considered kinks right um and then people will talk about the difference between fetish and kink and that's another whole mm. conversation um
0: fetish yeah, I think, requires yeah. like an object right
1: a fetish requires an object to be, like, to really find sexual satisfaction from something.
0: So, like, um, boots or a whip or a collar or a right, banana. Or right.
1: feet. Um, or, you know, f- uh, foot fetish is the most common fetish <laughs> yeah, I of know. all of them. <laughs> um, you know, like, I, I've i never personally understood that one, but it's not my place to judge. I'm like, cool, if you like feet, mm-hmm.
0: great. I've, okay, I've had a lot of boyfriends who turned out they liked toes. And I don't it's think mine very are common. cute yeah i I had a i think a professor that said it was like twenty percent of American men reported having a foot fetish, yep That's so about right right, that's like one in yeah. five
1: I mean, and that's just really the heteronormativity uh you know, yeah. in some kind of study, but'cause sure. think about all the queer people that also like are real into it, you know right um. But yeah, I guess my explanation of kink is something, you know, some people would define that as something outside of the, I'm doing, you know, dick fingers or air quotes here, um, you know, outside of the norm, right? But like, what the fuck is the norm considered anyway? Right. Is another big question. Um, And, you know, yeah, people typically think about it as being like, you know, leather and whips and bondage of some sort or, you know, but it's so many things. It's, it's emotional power play. It's different types of play, which, you know, I know we're going to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's just so many different things. It's much more than just BDSM or bondage discipline sadomasochism,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? I'm, I'm so glad you said play because when I think kink, I think play. Um, Yeah. Right. And then the question you're asking is like, what does that even mean? And that the way I think of it now is anything that's out of the box. We usually put people in, which is to have like hetero PIV, maybe missionary sex between maybe people that are married, you know, like how restrictive do you want to get? Um, Yeah.
1: Just how normative do you want to define this? Yeah.
0: Right. This came up actually uh, in an episode with psychotherapist and author Silva Neves, who said that the reason so many people um, are misdiagnosed with having like maybe low libido when they're asexual or, um, you know, as maybe being pathologized in some way when they're just kinky is because a lot of clinicians have their own normative ideas about sex. So anything that deviates that Uh, if they're not literate, they think it's unhealthy.
1: Well, uh, and the same could be said for people who have alternate relationship structures. They also think that that's just, they don't recognize ethical non-monogamy or polyamory as incredibly just Mm -hmm. valid relationship structure choices, you know, Mm -hmm. because um, you know, and, Thank God there are, you know, some therapists who are becoming more uh, educated about sexuality and sexual health and wellness and the huge variety and scope that that includes. Um, But the DSM-5 is still so messed up.
0: Mm -hmm. And for those of you who aren't familiar, that's the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, right? Did I say that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's the most... It's the newest version of it. I mean, but let's put it this way. Like the diagnostic manual, was it three or four where we still had home? We still had homosexuality as like a mental disorder. Right. 1973. I think they finally changed
0: it. Something like 70. I was going to say 76, but I'm not positive either. Yeah. And then when did they declassify or Disclassify classify being trans as a mental disorder that was pretty recently I feel oh like that was 2009 God. or something
1: that was very that was very recently that was within the last decade I think
0: well so yeah. yeah because obviously the people that are writing the outlines for what is healthy and normal in society are still impacted by the society and that's our, oh. our yeah Eurocentric yeah. normative society
1: in intensely so I think you know and And then you get, you know, and then you think about the generational situation and, right, who's writing these books? Well, it's mostly boomers, you know, and, uh, you know, boomers and Gen Xers, Mm -hmm. like, that's who's writing it. So, uh, and as I mean, I say this as a Gen Xer, but yeah, Mm -hmm. the boomers are, the boomers are pretty terrible in regards to... um, in regards to their ideas around sexual proclivity.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. what do you like, or what do you prefer to play or work in? kink wise.
1: Um, for my, I am a very joyful sadist.
0: Ooh. <laughs> um,
1: oh yes. I'm a very joyful sadist. I like, so um, I also used to be a wrestler. I love fighting. And oh. so um, I, I love doing like power play, wrestle play, but I, but, and I've done that professionally as well as just for fun. But um, I am really, I'm an impact play kind of lady. I love, I love hitting people. (laughs) I love it.
0: I love hearing um, that. I love hearing that. Yes.
1: I love hitting people with heavy things, with things with spikes, with things that leave patterns. Um, I, um, I really love using crops and very short whips. Um, I it, Long whips, it's very hard in New York City to ever have a place to practice that. Oh, my so, God. Um, Why? Because you know, the spaces
0: are small, like hard to come yeah, by a exactly. large space? I
1: think, it's, I think it's kind of funny. I think you would funny. probably notice that like the doms in New York City while some are very, very skillful with bull whips or longer whip whips that are longer than like, say, three or four feet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it would be very interesting, like a geographic study of like the skill set and level of people who have like <laughs> skill sets with whips being people that have more actual physical space to practice it. You know, that's
0: funny. It's like um, different sexual dialects. Based on yeah, exactly.
1: Life. It's like regionally speaking, those in New York City, uh, usually use whips that are below four feet, you know. Um, yeah.
0: are there more but, furries um, when cold climates? I don't know,
1: exa- exactly. Um,
0: <laughs> more foot but, fetish or kinksters in places like Miami versus Portland. There's not a lot of toes in Portland right. wandering out there,
1: yeah. I mean, you're not going to see a lot of toes over there, I guess, <laughs> right? Um, um, that's funny, no, but. Yeah, I, I love, I'm very much like a a, a very joyful sadist and, um, and I, I like really that. like, you know, finding out where people want to go with it, you know? And then, let's see, I also love objectification. I love where you sort of make somebody just an object and you sort of you dehumanize them to the point of like making them a coffee table, you know, mm, or, that, mm-hmm. and then I like seeing like, can they sit there with a hot cup of coffee on their butt without like, you know, wiggling too much. Right. Like, or dropping my coffee.
0: Um, what happens when they drop the coffee?
1: Oh, you know, they don't want to drop the coffee because there's only good treats on the side of doing all the good things. I don't deal with like, um, people who top from the bottom. What about bratty subs? Oh yeah. Bratty. No, 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 no. I have no interest. Um, Mm -hmm. They like, in fact, they really turn me off. I know that some people love bratty subs for me. No, that's not what I'm looking for. I want your devotion, you Mm -hmm. know, like, Mm -hmm. and I want you to try to try to do well for me, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, That's what actually gets me really happy is Mm -hmm. seeing someone strive to do well for me, you know, and then, oh my God, what are, you know, then let's just beat you to a pulp, you know,
0: absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And, And it feels really, that totally makes sense for me. And I understand all of this. I'm wondering about some of the listeners, if they're either aroused or confused right now, but maybe both maybe yeah true uh, okay no it totally makes sense because i'm kind of I, i've never referred to myself as a bratty sub but i'm i've mm-hmm. referred to myself as like bratty mommy because i'm the uh-uh. boss but uh-huh. i yeah. I'm, I'm switchy so that mm-hmm. totally makes sense to me i'm like why would you want a bratty sub you're a joyful sadist that would be so irritating right. there's no point it's a power struggle
1: right yeah and i'm not and actually i'm really not interested in people who are trying to like test my boundaries as a joke because I will just instantaneously shut the play down like yeah. I don't in fact I won't give you anything you want when you act that way like mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. <laughs> like you will actually instantaneously I will just stop the play like mm-hmm. and that's a worse threat than anything so um <laughs> mm-hmm
0: so I want to, this comes to mind as an experience I've had in the strip club over a few years. And I want you to tell me what you think of it. Sometimes I experience, because entitlement is my least favorite quality in a client. Um, oh yeah, Right. So sometimes I've had people purposely push my buttons, whether it's like throw a coin or hit me with oh. their hand or say something awful. And then when I go to correct them verbally or inform them, that's, that's not okay we're not doing that here today now ever um they'll 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 say well you can just hit me or Um, if i piss you off you just hit me and i'm like no why would i do that for you
1: yeah why would i give that to you you get nothing from me
0: yeah so for any young sex workers because i've heard girls be like oh well and then i slapped him and i'm like no freebies motherfucker no
1: he loved it yeah exactly that's what he wanted right Oh no! Yes, so you get absolutely it? Absolutely not. <laughs>
0: yes, I, I'm
1: also switchy. Um, I, I while I am sort of dominant leaning switchy, uh, I really love slut play um, mm. from the submissive side of things. So, um, but I am very very particular about who I play with. Um, I am. I don't play bottom very often mm-hmm. unfortunately they're they i tend to play bottom more in my personal life as a dyke with other you know butch dykes and whatnot um mm-hmm. being that i sort of identify as a femme and i love butch dykes mm. um but and i love non-binary butches i love all the butches anyway <laughs> I, love, I love all the queerdos mm. but um i love so many of the queerdos but
0: um they love you better. Yeah, I
1: don't tend to I don't tend to get to bottom very much, mm-hmm. you know, um mm-hmm. which is which is maybe kind of unfortunate.
0: You know, there's always time if you wanted to change, right? Fluid right? sexuality. Yes, totally. And with different people in different relationships, do you find that with you sometimes you realize you're into things or different power dynamics that you weren't aware that you were in your personal life?
1: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, holy cow. I I did not, first of all, I hate getting my blood drawn. Mm. I can't even look at the needle when someone is drawing my blood. I, um, but needle play being performed on me, um, people creating patterns on my back with needles, um, with Mm. surgical needles. And this has only happened for me twice because I've only found two people that I felt were really experienced enough and that I trusted them enough. Um, but that was amazing. And that was so surprising how much I loved that. Cause I would never have thought, um, that I would like people essentially piercing me, you know, um, mm.
0: wow. part of
1: my kink experience. Yeah. Wow.
0: See, I always look at the needle when the blood is being drawn. Cause I feel like it Ooh. freaks, freaks me out less, but I don't ever oh. want to do suspension or any needle play <laughs> and I'm covered oh, in tattoos. I know. Um, and, and you, yeah, I was
1: about to say, and you have so <laughs> many tattoos. I know I'm yeah. vain.
0: I don't, I don't like the pain is what I tell people I'm motivated oh by my vanity. God. I know. Um, so to go back real quick, something you said earlier, and then I want to read from other folks, uh, some of the ways that they play in, um, you mm-hmm. said that you enjoy if you're bottoming, did you say slut being slutty?
1: Yeah. Slut Does, play. Okay. <laughs> slut
0: play. So would that be like verbal degradation?
1: Uh, Not degradation. And and that's, and I think that's, that's a really interesting point and clarification to make Um, Mm. because I actually don't like, I just like being the, the dirty girl, the naughty girl, like, Mm. and I like, um, I like being desired so much that, the person cannot handle not touching me
0: (laughs) consensual non-consent
1: yeah well no no actually that I don't um while that is a perfectly valid type of play and I know we were you know going to discuss we Mm -hmm. were going to discuss that and we totally can I actually am really that's not play for me that's one that's super not my vibe um yeah, no, it's more like I like being called and I guess some people might consider being called a slut a degradation. I don't consider that cuz I'm just sort of think sluts are so so, so fantastic. Um <laughs> so I don't see it as a as a bad thing, but um okay. and sort of being used sexually but for my own pleasure as well, you know, and it's that's, I like receiving dominance in that way. You know, mm. I, I really love a good power bottom or a good service top. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. For so sure. I asked some of my followers on Instagram, if I'm still there, you can find me at stripper uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. Every day I open it and I'm like, Let's every day you're
1: like, is it going to be, over? is it going to work today?
0: Yeah. That yeah. Every time there's like a server issue with Instagram and everyone's stuff isn't working. I'm like the access fallen. Like they did it. They deactivated me again. Oh wait, it's just <sighs> happening to everyone. Um, yeah. okay. So folks said, I like to start sensual, then to be passionately overtaken with consented force. Mm. As the organizer of our household, it's a very healing break from decision-making okay mm. I can see that um yeah. it's kind of what we were just mentioning it's uh, the
1: primary reason people do BDSM or kink yeah yeah it's one of the major reasons like they uh I don't want to interrupt you we'll no, get no, no, into it, yeah your question
0: I think yeah we'll pin that one um someone says sounding rods mm. you know what that is you want to explain what that is oh what yes I, I do
1: I said, Oh yes, I do. <laughs> um, yeah. Sounding rods is essentially putting dia- different diameter metal rods of stainless steel into the urethra of a biological penis.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. sometimes you hit them, right? Like that's a sounding rod. You hit it. So it yeah,
1: yeah, you can like, you can like hit them for the vibration sort of twisting them. Like obviously you people who are into sounding, much like people who are into fisting, whether it's anally or vaginally, whatever, um, they're usually, you know, they usually have been working up to this and are pretty interested in it to begin (laughs) with and have probably tried it themselves. Mm -hmm. But um, sounding is definitely a more advanced kink. Mm -hmm. Um, That's definitely something on the more advanced side, I would say.
0: Understood. I don't have any experience with that. Um, Let's see. Someone else says, I like sensory deprivation and Mm. variation between rough and gentle play.
1: Ooh, nice.
0: Someone says, being tied up helps me focus on and enjoy receiving touch. Mm. Someone else says, I feel pain from clit stimulation sometimes, um, but I sometimes enjoy that. Mm. Uh, let's see puppy play all day plugs and leashes are my favorite (laughs) puppies
1: i freaking love the kinky puppy play scene i love it Mm. they're they're usually just the most adorable people in personality and just like i know a few puppies and i just love them so much that's so cute
0: let's see someone says Flogging, spanking, and strap-on because my partner is trans mask.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Floggers and paddles, restraints and gags, vibrators and dildos for us both. Smiley face emoji.
1: I was like, oh my. It <laughs> no, sounds oh my. like t- tigers and bears and floggers <laughs> and clit stimulators. Oh my.
0: <laughs> Someone says hard thuddy impact. 500 cane strokes in public, marks and bruises, none of it sexual. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing, too. The people constant, some people misconstrue, rather. I don't want to say people constantly. But people can often misconstrue that BDSM is interchangeably, you know, with sex and that's not the truth you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of kink and bdsm play that has that is not sexual at all
0: you know when i started working as a clerk in porn shops uh in the early aughts um i remember being told by one of the video sales guys that a lot of times there was no vaginal penetration in the bdsm um Mm -hmm. movies that they sold because they didn't want it to be Um, not allowed because it looked rape rapey Mm, non-consensual i thought that was really interesting
1: interesting i don't know if it's
0: true but i think that's an interesting theory Mm. uh someone says honestly i love a fun sexting role play i am often more into that than actual piv
1: there you go there you go that that is point in case but sex happens in the mind
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Um, let's see. Oh, <laughs> that's so funny. There's another one that says that too. Uh, sexting, especially since COVID started, I've become quite the Shakespearean writer. LOL. <laughs> Cute. All right, cool. So we're going to take a quick break and be right back with Domina Franco. Find her on Instagram, Domina underscore Franco. Ioba Toys is the creator of the super silent sex toys, the O oh My G and the O oh My C. The Oh My G is a G-spot massager with three intensity levels, a massaging pearl, and a unique C-shape made to precisely hit the G-spot. The Oh My C is a clitoral massager with a rotating massaging pearl that mimics a tongue or fingers, also known as oral sex, and it fits in the palm of your hand. Both toys are super silent and come in pink or white. Try code L- 30 for 30% off on iobatoys.com. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Book a session now to take your intimate life to the next level. Listeners of this podcast receive 20% off their first session with code TTS. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. Welcome back to They Talk Sex podcast. Thank you for your lovely reviews and ratings on your favorite listening app. We are now on Spotify. Welcome new listeners. Email theytalksex at protonmail.com. I'm your host, Elle Stanger. You can find me on stripperwriter.com and a bunch of other places on the internet where I am naked. <laughs> go there and you can uh, find my pornography. I never mentioned that. I never promote my porn. It's so funny. Um, I'm shy. Why not? Because I have imposter syndrome. No.
1: <laughs> I was like, come on. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> well, a lot of, you know, it's really, I have to be very mindful of where I am doing it because of all the censorship that's going on. So yeah. for example, when I was applying to become asex certified as a sex educator, I really mm-hmm. wasn't sure if they would approve me because of my pr- prior and current, erotic adult work um right luckily it seems like it's okay and they do have a support statement um, for sex workers about FOSTA SESTA on their website which is cool too so I guess thanks ASECT for letting me be the multifaceted sexuality person I need to be um but yeah we'll talk censorship maybe uh another time so oh my god. yeah oh my god Ugh, Ugh. <laughs> So you said something earlier. We want to explain it. Um, so why do you believe a lot of people do BS- BDSM?
1: Oh, I just think that it is really about um, you are, in my in my 20 years plus in the scene, because um, I was a pro dom as well as having been in lifestyle. um You know, honestly, just over and over and over again, it's very, it's usually people with a lot of stress or power um, who have to make decisions all the time, um, who are wanting to submit or bottom um, Mm -hmm. simply because of what your reader had just mentioned that, you know, it's a release from having to make choices. It's an absolute like release um, to just have someone tell you what to do or to simply be like a vessel to receive somebody's dominant play, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. obviously within your net, your negotiated confines of what is okay for you both. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, that is like the primary thing. Like I can't tell you how many, CEOs, how many, um, firefighters, I, oh my God, like <laughs> people who have really heavy jobs, um, mm-hmm. emotionally heavy or like intellectually heavy jobs, um, where they're constantly having to make choices and like can often be in life-threatening situations. They oftentimes want to submit just to get a release and a break from having to do that all the time.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. I can see that. I um. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like dating right now. And mm. I was used to my um, partner dynamic with my nesting mate for four and a half years, he died. And so yeah. it's definitely a, a learning curve to like, I'm like, Oh, yeah, I have to recalibrate. Um, and so I, I started dating this person and for some reason I made the assumption that they would be a certain way and they're not. I, I, I started to like drag a rope across them and they like almost immediately went into subspace and I recognized it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh shit. And because I like this person, and I want to explore into our pleasure together. It was then that I realized I need to learn how to top like better. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's where I'm at. So, um, yeah.
1: Well, there's books. There's so many books for that. Oh,
0: so many. Um, I like Janet Hardy's Guide to Topping, Janet Hardy and Dossie Easton. At the end, we can- That's so funny ones though. Ones they're,
1: they're like my- They're my go to people when I want to give people a 101 is like the new bottoming and the new topping book by Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy.
0: Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So let's do listener questions. Yeah, we'll have a long list of resources at the end. Time for listener questions. So this first one is going to circle back again to something that came up earlier. And it's interesting because you and I feel different ways um, about this topic. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to breaking down the question: How can consensual nonconsent be healing? Can we talk about that?
1: Well, first of all, we can always talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I always say that to everyone that I coach you know, or that I work with, like we can talk about anything. like mm-hmm. let's just let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, um.
0: This might be hard for you to lead on because it's not your thing. Do you want me to? Well,
1: I was going to say about the consensual non-consent thing that like, you know, if people haven't or maybe people have read the body keeps the score Hmm. or they just have any kind of understanding of trauma or the trauma cycle, um, you know, consensual non-consent, which has previously been known as rape play. Uh, but now gets known as consensual um, non-consent is, I think, a very interesting vehicle for some people Mm -hmm. um, because the whole point of being stuck, getting PTSD or some other triggered response because of trauma, especially sexualized trauma, um, due to an attack or, um, or, you know, a sexual assault is that there was never a place for the brain to close the loop on that event. And that event often reoccurs for folks, um, you know, and comes up through a variety of, you know, mm mm-hmm. A variety of ways through you know memories bad dreams not being able to sleep like Mm -hmm. um you know uh, there's a million ways that the trauma response comes out but that's because the person didn't have a chance to face what was happening process what was happening and then close the loop on that you know that's the theory at Mm -hmm. least right Mm -hmm. um I don't I don't know you know Yeah. I'm always reticent to talk about that stuff because I'm always like, "Mm, well, what will the theory be in five to 10 years? (laughs) What will the theory be in 15 years? Right. Right. But so for people who maybe uh, have experienced sexual assault of some sort, if they are playing this way with someone that they know and they trust, and then they are receiving really wonderful, very specifically tailored to them aftercare. It can be it can be quite healing, right? Mm-hmm. It it can be a, an amazing experience to re almost in some ways recreate it in a safe way, right? Or in a risk aware way because mm-hmm. there is really no safe kink, right? Um, it's only really risk aware play
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, <clears throat> that maybe that's that's a good way for them to close that loop or to make that loop a little less gaping. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and as, as as someone who's not really into that play, I'd be very interested to hear you and your thoughts on it.
0: Yeah. So yeah. some of my longtime podcast listeners of my other show heard me talk about and really like experience um, processing it more in a, a real time fashion because it was closer to mm-hmm. them. But even years later, I can reflect on I still think like, wow, I don't have the same um, trauma issues around high school sexual assaults since I started doing coercion and rape play or consensual non-consent mm-hmm. play with Brian, my um, deceased partner. And yeah. the reason, so what I brought up is the way it started, we already both knew we were kinky people. He knew I was a sex educator and I was pretty good at communicating my needs. We had a very trusting yeah. relationship. We were having sex, um, once pretty early in the relationship though, and something started to hurt. Um, and I realized also this is important for context. He had the same body shape and height, um, as the person who did this to me, um, this one particular incident. So I started to feel triggered and I said, I said, you're hurting me. And he stopped And then I became aroused. I immediately realized, oh my God, I can rewrite this script and I can make this story end however I want it to. Um, So I said to him, I said, that doesn't mean stop. And we had already established a safe word, which was skateboard, for other types of play. So I said, I'll let you know. And so the rest of that played out in a way that I think we both had orgasms, (laughs) um, which isn't necessary for positive sexual experience. But I've after we did some things and I got to rewrite those scripts, like just the memories don't come up for me anymore at all. Um, That's
1: exactly it. Right. So, right. so that did actually work for you. Very, That's interesting.
0: very much so. And I didn't really know a lot about this. I just started talking about what I experienced, but the feedback I've gotten from like when I did a, the question earlier, I read. What are some of the ways people play? I will say about mm-hmm. ten to fifteen percent of those responses had to do with consensual non-consent, and people saying that it had been healing or helpful for them.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, it's not. It's all it, like foot fetish stuff. Consensual non-consent play is also incredibly common. So, mm-hmm. if it's something you want to do, don't feel like weird or bad or like there's something wrong with you because you want to you know, somehow recreate this in a, you know, in a controlled environment. Like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as everybody's informed, everybody knows what's going on, Mm -hmm. you know, then it's fine. I think
0: one thing worth adding also is not all people who enjoy coercion play or consensual non-consent or rape play, not everyone's been assaulted.
1: That is what, and I was just about to say, and that also doesn't necessarily mean, because a lot of people have those fantasies without ever having had those experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, when I was, uh, so I got my master's in human sexuality from Widener University um, in, in Pennsylvania. And um, it, uh, I took a class just on fantasies as an elective. And it also, uh, it's one of the most common fantasies as Mm. well. Mm. Okay. So
0: if you're listening, do you feel better? Okay, good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You're not, you're not crazy.
0: No. Okay. So listener question two, we spent a lot of time on that one, which is important. Um, these are all things, questions that we could talk about for so much longer. But oh my God. <laughs> listener question two is, as a bottom, I'm always looking for streamlined screening processes to filter out the mm. tops who are scary and abusive. Do you have any tips mm. for screening?
1: Oh, my God. Yes. And I'm so glad that you are screening because some people just don't. They're so excited to play that they just like don't take the time. But um, any top or dominant worth their um, salt is going to have people that are going to be willing to vouch for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they should have more than one. There's ideally three to five references Mm -hmm. is what I personally think is right. I think also it's a really interesting thing to go say they, this person has a FetLife account or something, right. Mm -hmm. Or they have an Instagram Go deep dive into their, oh my god, deep dive into their Instagram, deep dive into their social media that's see who they to follow.
0: Their,
1: to see who they follow, to see what they post, to see how they word things, because you will you will get a sense of whether the person is scary and abusive. Probably you will get an idea. But I think getting actual references and anyone who gets snarky or shitty about you asking for references instantaneously cut them off. Mm-hmm. Like, because if why are you so pressed that I'm asking for a reference when we're about to engage in some potentially really uh, edgy play, depending on what you're going to, you know, get involved in, right? Isn't um, it also
0: isn't it also very common for people in the scene to have references and ask for them anyway? It's not like it's an unusual yes. question.
1: It's not an, un- that's what I mean is like, first of all, it's not an unusual question. And secondly, anybody who really kicks up about it uh, and has some kind of big problem with it has something to hide. Mm-hmm. Like I have no problem. I could give you 10 people if you wanted to talk to them about how I talk, go ahead, talk to these, you know, five to 10 people. Wow. You know? Um, yeah. Well, because half of them are are friends, you know, like, um, but you know, um, and it's, that's not to say that someone also, please like, don't be hard on yourself. If you do try to screen someone, the thing is, yeah. If, you know, also don't feel bad if you, um, you know, screen someone or you screen them and maybe you don't think you screen them enough and maybe they do turn out to be abusive or scary or, or, you know, um, you know, not the top that you thought that they would be, you know, by the way, also tops are human. They make mistakes. Mm -hmm. I think there's also a big difference between a top who makes a mistake and owns their mistake right um or a top who maybe goes a little too far and you have to call yellow or you have to call your safe word and the play has to stop mm-hmm. that's a different situation i don't think that's abusive or you know scary um well it could be scary but i don't think it's abusive mm-hmm. um but yeah if if someone really doesn't want to give you references that is like red flag number numero uno mm-hmm. you know yeah. like yeah. Um I would say that's that's the best. But also yeah, go deep dive on their on their fetlife and see what they comment on. See see what they say on their Instagram. Mm-hmm. Their kinky Instagram, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And for people that don't have social media if for some reason you can't they don't have references because they say they're new, then you're making mm-hmm. and You will, you know, you're making a decision whether or not you want to proceed because it doesn't mean they're going to be terrible, they could be fine, but that's a decision you have to make. So, again, risk aware consent.
1: And there's also, like, unfortunately, in the BDSM community, just like in almost any community, there are also tons of abusers who have a lot of clout Mm, and mm -hmm. who, you know, who have a lot of clout or. They just have a lot of presence or they're very attractive or, you know, but they have a, you know, a history of being abusive and maybe that history has not been brought to light so much, mm-hmm. you know? So I think there, you know, people can also fly under the radar, unfortunately. So, you know, don't ever, don't ever feel bad about yourself if you, you know, don't screen someone correctly.
0: Yeah. If you just get tricked, it's not necessarily yeah. a Yeah. Right. Yeah. So listener question three. Hmm. Earlier I made this joke because I am trying to learn how to top. Um, not trying. I'm doing. Yeah. I'm doing great. Uh, you doing it. <laughs> I'm doing great. You're doing it, L. doing it, Domina. Any advice for a person experiencing imposter syndrome as a new dominatrix? I was previously hmm. a sub.
1: First of all, the first damn thing I'm going to say is the best people who, who dominate – are people who have submitted. Yes. That is just a damn fact. Um, Because they understand what a crop feels like on their backside. They know what it feels like to be tied up or to be blindfolded or to have a Wartenberg wheel, you know, one of those spiky, fabulous wheels, um, you know, drawn on their skin. Right. Um, Or they know, you know, maybe they're into breath play or, you know, edgy play like that or blood play, you know, submissives make some of the best dominance ever. So you have already one flip side of the coin. Now you get to be really creative with the other flip side of the coin. And also like being a top or being a dom um, is such a huge responsibility. Uh, I personally think of it as a very like sacred responsibility somebody puts their body in my hands for 20 minutes three hours whatever it is right um i have to take care of them you know i have to make sure that they're okay and you know and i have to try to read the signs you know and that's all dependent upon the play right like am i covering their eyes well then i probably shouldn't gag them right or if i'm gonna gag them and cover their eyes then they better have another signal where mm. that can be their safe word because they can't verbalize. Right.
0: Like a free hand so, to tap or whatever,
1: a free hand to tap or snap or whatever. Um, and, you know, so you have nothing to feel funny about being a new dominatrix or a new Dom, because you know what, you're going to learn, you're going to make mistakes because anytime we learn something new, we make mistakes. Um, but you do have, I would say, practicing on other people, um, practicing a lot, reading, 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 Hmm. reading, and then more reading, (laughs) listening
0: (laughs) Um, to podcasts like this.
1: Yeah. Listening (laughs) to podcasts like this. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Hello. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, practicing and, and you know what, not deep diving on really intense edge play first, like, you know what, start with some spanking, start with some blindfolds, move on to crops, then move on to really soft floggers, you know, learn the safety, go to workshops, you know, um, as you start to get experience and you start to bring people to subspace, you're going to get your confidence. Mm mm-hmm.
0: Um yeah. I agree with everything you just said as someone who is learning and I also agree that having been a sub you know what problems come up for you. So yeah, yeah you're more likely to be attentive and ask for things like do you need a break? Do you need some right. water? Right. Does my puppy need to go potty? You know like um yeah. slow exactly. down, slow down cuz we all go too yeah. fast when we're nervous.
1: Oh yeah, completely. I feel like, isn't it I always think that's better true to go about slow? Everything. Yes, yes. In regards to sex, people just go way too fast too often. You're like, chill, chill
0: out. When you know, I dance on stage too fast at the strip club when I'm nervous, and a lot of us do it. So yeah, <laughs> that's how you can sometimes tell the newer uh, strippers from the older ones because the older ones know they can move like incredibly cat-like and not do a whole lot. You just got to maintain eye contact right. and talk to people. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. That's I've I've heard those. I've never. That's one area of the sex work field I have not worked in. So I heard can't that. speak to it. Yeah, yeah, but I've heard it. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So let's see. Let's boop through these next two a little quicker because I, I knew we'd just have no trouble finding all the things to talk about. Um, of course. Is daddy slash little play always rooted in trauma? No. <laughs> yeah, I would say no, yeah. no. <laughs> Psychotherapists know that too. It's the same thing as what we said earlier. Just because you're interested in something doesn't mean you have trauma around it.
1: Exactly. In fact, I used to work for, I uh, did my practicum with the National Coalition of Sexual Freedom. Mm. And I was teaching social workers and human service providers about the difference between BDSM and abuse. Mm. And, um, and there are studies and, you know, L actually sent me an article before we recorded today Mm -hmm. um, about uh, that was probably talking about one of these studies where folks who are into BDSM have no more of an occurrence of childhood trauma than any other person who might be into vanilla play, Mm. you know?
0: Yeah. So, okay. Last question from here. Can kink sex still be considered making love?
1: oh my god yes yeah why not yes again. yes, and it's wonderful
0: yeah i feel like it can be more bonding if there's yeah. more trust or risk or vulnerability
1: more bonding yeah Ta-da-da. i'm here all week <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right
1: um yeah that was my best hi-hat you know um <laughs> Yeah, no, I I think it can be some of the most connective sex that I've had has been kinky sex, Mm -hmm. for sure,
0: Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take another break. Hey there, do you want to help people and make money doing it? Becoming a coach might be your ticket. The coaching industry is currently filled with a lot of straight white coaches and working with straight white people who have the privilege to hire them. The Coaching Guild is changing that. The Coaching Guild is looking for diverse people with diverse experiences and backgrounds who want to get university-level training to become a coach. This is not a shortcut certification program. This is intense training for the real world. They are looking for the artists, the rebels, and the wild ones. You can change the world one client at a time and make money doing it. Visit www.thecoachingguild.com. Do you have a sensitive vulva or vagina? Me too. People with vaginas will experience at least one yeast infection in their lifetime, and many folks like myself get them every time the seasons change. As someone who relies on their vaginal health for their personal and professional wellness, I use Momotaro Apotheca Solutions for preventing bacterial vaginosis or yeast infection. Their products also serve urinary tract infections, postpartum care issues, aftercare, and general irritation from sex, clothing, and exercise. I love these things. I use them to shorten my healing time or prevent irritation. Use StripperWriter for a discount code and check out their affiliated CBD products at Oshihana.com. That's MomotaroApotheca.com and Oshihana.com. Welcome back to They Talk Sex podcast. Find us at theytalksex.com and please share, rate, or review us on your listening app. We are on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, probably others, the way the internet works. I looked up this podcast. I was like, I don't even know what these hosting platforms are, but you can find the show all over the place. So that's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Spread Um, the word. Spread the good word,
0: Al. Thank you. We're trying. We're trying. I, you know yeah. that thing when you're on social media and you get like the most ignorant, hateful comment and you like want to rage, yeah. and then you're like, no, wait, this is why we make media.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, there are, I had one today and I literally just like blocked him and deleted the comment. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck you. Yeah, to- <laughs>
0: same, same, totally.
1: Fuck you. Get out of my face. Yeah, waste of time. This is my little corner of the World Wide Web. Get out of here.
0: Exactly. Oh, yeah, I've said, people have criticized me like, L, do you delete comments? And I'm like, I delete comments that have misinformation or are hateful, you know, yeah, or misleading. Same. It just takes up, like, I don't want people to read this and think they learned something. Yeah, or get yeah, hurt. Exactly. So, on a lighter note, I asked some of my social media followers, What are your kinks?
1: Oh.
0: So, I read, you react. What do you say? Uh, rope play, biting. Hello uh wow. wax slash pain yeah consensual voyeurism
1: mm, interesting spanking yeah
0: fuck me like you hate me
1: <laughs> oh fuck yeah yeah
0: i actually said this yesterday i was like fuck me like you don't like me <laughs> i've said that before uh um which to some people they're like i don't know what that means maybe but he, they knew um yeah okay <laughs> but they, knew. they knew it worked out i just tossed yeah. that out to see how compatible we were and it worked um breath play
1: interesting stuff flogging Be... uh one of my favorites yes
0: uh praise
1: yes it's necessary sometimes
0: someone says mint green and yellow flags i don't know what that means
1: Wait, i got to look up the hanky code. Yeah. Hold on.
0: So this is from a trans woman, if that helps. Okay. She says, multiple under the BDSM umbrella. Praise, mint, green, and yellow flags. And then the little monkey emoji covering its face.
1: Cute. (laughs) Something to look up.
0: Someone says, hmm, power play, wearing cute lingerie for a partner, corsets, high heels, fin dom. Findom is financial domination, and I am no good at yes. it. It's like bossing. Really? Yeah, I'm not. I'm learning. It's like bossing someone around to take their money. For anyone who doesn't know, yeah. Um, I had a cuck tell me that. Wait, so
1: wait, what were what were the colors? Was it teal?
0: It was mint green and yellow.
1: Oh well, yellow is piss play.
0: Ooh. Um,
1: but it also depends on uh, that one. I could have told you. I um. But it depends on whether it's worn on the left or worn on the right, you know, because mm-hmm. if it's worn on the left is the person who gives it and um, worn on the right is kind of like the person to receive it. Um, but mint green.
0: Some people are like, what are mint. you talking about? We're talking about bandanas or hankies out your back pocket. Different colors mean different things.
1: Yeah. Mint green. I don't see a mint green on here. I see a lime green. Ooh, I'm going to ask them and see if they get back to me because
0: I actually know this person. See if we can...
1: I'd be very interested. Please tell me when, when you get to, to talk to them. Right, I'm going to text them. Because I, right I don't see mint green.
0: And what else? Age play. Oh,
1: my God. There's even a hanky of, of mosquito netting for people who like to have sex outside.
0: <laughs> what is the color? Is it beige?
1: It's mosquito netting. You use mosquito netting instead of a handkerchief. That's amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Go ahead. I just learned something new myself. Ooh,
0: mint green means mommy. Oh, okay. Okay, cool.
1: Interesting.
0: Cool. All right. So, yeah, people have options. Um, This article... This was on BigThink.com. I am not familiar with this article. I looked through to try to get a sense of how reliable the studies were. It's kind of a smaller study. Yeah. I think they sampled, uh, what was it, like 7,000? No, I'm sorry, only 771 BDSM practitioners and 518 mm-hmm. non-practitioners from the general population. Um, this included right. a brief trauma questionnaire and a relationship questionnaire to assess a person person's attachment style. So this is not incredibly right. thorough it's interesting, but, um, still it. Yeah.
1: I wonder, I wonder what that, cause when I looked at the article, I couldn't find like the reference to what study it was. And I was like, well, that is disturbing because I, academic- oh, I found it. I found it is
0: hyperlinked. It is the psychology of kink, a survey study into the relationships of trauma and attachment style with BDSM interests. It's on Springer link is what it links to from the article from oh. February. What year was the study? 2020. Done?
1: Oh great, it's very recent, yeah. then it's a new yeah. one. Okay. So it says That's that great. this study
0: smashed the myth that BDSM practitioners or people who enjoy BDSM lifestyle are more drawn to the lifestyle because of sexual trauma they have experienced in the past. It says that this right. questionnaire found these questionnaires found that to not be true.
1: Yeah. That that is definitely not true. Yeah. And there have been previous studies as well prior to this one that you just mentioned that was done in 2020. Um, when did they have the time to do, I mean, I suppose, hello, zoom, they were probably doing a lot of zoom calls. Um, uh, yeah, there's been other studies as well. Not that I can rattle them off the top of my head, but that were used as a reference from the national coalition of sexual freedom, um, that essentially supported the same thing that it's not based off of childhood trauma. It's not based off of other sexualized traumas. That actually BDSM folks tend to actually be more mentally healthy and joyful because they're actually expressing their interests, wow. um, and usually negotiating and having good communication with the people that they are playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody, but a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, th- there's there's been other studies too that that prove the same thing mm-hmm. that that actually folks who are kinky tend to be happier and actually sort of more even lighthearted, perhaps, <laughs> which is kind of like joyful, hilarious. like a joyful sadist, what? joyful sadist or exactly. a playful
0: switch. That's me.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> someone, if someone asks my, um, astrological sign, I'm just going to say playful switch. <laughs>
1: there you I think you should. I
0: think mm-hmm. you should. Um, so what are some resources that you recommend for other people? We already mentioned Hardy and Easton. I'm a fan of Jay Wiseman's SM 101
1: SM-101 is pretty good. I also, for the person also who was um, like new to being a dom, um, I think The Mistress Manual is a very interesting book. Um, I can't remember the name of the author, but just Google The Mistress Manual. You'll find it. Um, I think Two Naughty Boys doing, showing you the ropes and back on the ropes is pretty good because they show how to do the actual rope play and they also talk about safety quite Ooh, a bit. That's called um, naughty
0: like K-N-O-T-T-Y. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> two, two naughty boys. Um play Play Well with Others by Molina Williams is pretty, pretty amazing. Um I haven't I haven't read this yet, but I got this and this is actually a book that belonged to um Oh my God. Why am I having a blank? Oh God. I'm ha I'm seriously having a moment. Um, she is a total icon. She had us look at our vagina. Oh, Oh, she just
0: passed away. Oh my gosh. Oh my God.
1: Oh, (laughs) Betty Dodson, Betty Dodson, Betty Dodson. Betty Dodson. Thank you so much. So I didn't know, but I, I found um, a book that is out of print called Coming to Power. Pa- well, I think it's out of print. Um, Coming to Power, le- uh, writing on and graphics on lesbian SM, mm. um, which is definitely more of a niche book, obviously, but it was actually part of Betty Dodson's collection. Wow. Um, yeah, she just passed. So that's kind of, yeah, yeah she just passed. Yeah. And then I don't love, I don't love some of the language in this book. But I will say that I think this is a great book for people who are just learning something because they do talk a lot about safety. It's incredibly heteronormative. Um, It was written a while ago, is the Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns. Mm, mm -hmm.
0: I've seen that one. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah. so it's written by Philip Miller and Molly Devon, who happen to be partners Mm. um, in kink. And... Um, the you know it's called the romance and sexual sorcery of sadomasochism and I I guess I I sort of twinge at it a little bit because uh Philip is the dominant and sometimes I think he talks a little bit glibly and patriarchally mm. about his play okay. but it is a good book for a beginner to like learn some safety stuff and then the book of essays um of different Have you heard the book Different Loving?
0: No.
1: Oh my god. It's a good one. It's well first of all it's also a huge freaking book but um it's called Different Loving The World of Sexual Dominance and Submission and it's by um Gloria I I might be killing her name here. <laughs> Gloria Bram B R A M E okay. William Bram and then uh John Jacobs. Okay. And it's a collection of essays of people who are in the lifestyle and they talk about, they just talk about their kink and they talk about what they do and their relationships. And it's really fantastic because it's very unlike the like ultimate guide to bondage Mm -hmm. or ultimate guide to, you know, whatever. whatever, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very much hearing first person accounts of BDSM play. That's awesome. That's yeah. so
0: helpful for so many people. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I want to respect your time. <clears throat> so I'm going to skip to the last one. Um, I ask every guest besides all the tips you just gave, do you have any sex tips for our audience?
1: Oh my God. Yeah. I think you said it before. <laughs>
0: I was going to say slow down.
1: slow down slow down there's nowhere to rush to like um slowing down and also like really prioritizing your self-pleasure I think because the more that you know yourself the better you can communicate how other people can try to give you pleasure and then you can ultimately have a much better sexual experience with a partner because you You actually really know what what feels good to you through your own solo sex or masturbation. So I'm a big fan of uh, people exploring their own pleasure so that they can become more adept at communicating it.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. You said it all.
1: You know, I said a lot.
0: (laughs) I know. I guess we didn't say it all. There's so much more we could say, but you said a lot.
1: Oh my God. I could talk to you for like 18 (laughs) hours. Yeah, Yeah. probably.
0: Well, hopefully we get to talk again. Everybody reach out to, well, not everybody, but those who are worthy, reach out to (laughs) domina underscore Franco on Instagram, info at dominafranco.com. And she has a website by the same name, her name. Mm -hmm. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to our sponsors. Find me stripperwriter.com.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This was fantastic.
0: It was. Until next time.